On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me, as always, virtually, is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Just getting into the holiday spirit, putting up Christmas lights, that kind of thing. Awesome. Sounds fun. It is, in fact, that time of year. Um, how how did that go? Did you hit any snags or hiccups? Not really, no. Just had to add a few extra hooks, and my hands smell like wet leaves and plastic now. But aside from that, not so bad. Yeah, that's kind of how, how it goes, yeah. Well, we are officially recording this the day before Thanksgiving in the United States. Uh, about to go on our holiday breaks, have a long weekend, which I know everyone here in the States is excited for, because why would you not be? Oh, yeah. Everyone uh, in the U.S., I'm sure, has had the same long week that we have. Yes. Yeah, Ben and I were just talking off-air about uh, <laughs> the joys of short work weeks and how you still have to do the same amount of work as a regular week, uh, but just in a condensed period of time. Yep, everybody's in a rush, but also doesn't care quite as much. So it leads to a, a whole host of interesting situations that you have to resolve in a matter of hours. Yes, it is uh, always entertaining. <laughs> uh, but this is not a workplace podcast. <laughs> this is a racing podcast. So let's dive right in with some paddock news for Formula One. Cadillac has officially joined the engine manufacturers list for the new regulations coming up in 2026. I don't believe they will officially be on the grid until 2028, though, if I no, read everything right. Yeah, the last meeting that they had during the Vegas Grand Prix was talking about missed opportunities from not being able to sign on for 2026. Yeah. Um, but as we know, Cadillac has ties with Andretti, who is currently trying their very best to get onto the Formula One grid as early as 2026, uh, possibly 2025 even at this point. I kind of doubt that at this point, though. Um, but uh, yeah, I think this, is, this move by Cadillac is uh, going to make Formula One as, as a as an entity look even sillier if they decide to reject Andretti's proposal. Yeah, because Cadillac isn't really going to be offering engines to anyone aside from Andretti. Yeah. At least that's what it seems like. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll add it to the list of things that make the FIA and FOM seem very silly. Yes. That is a ever increasing list of things. Um but anyway, so that's kind of all of the paddock news that we have for this week. Um, so let's move into the Las Vegas Grand Prix and start with qualifying. It was a very exciting qualifying session. Uh, there was kind of chaos all over the place. Um, but in first place, this does not look right. Did Carlos Sainz? No, he did not. Why is it saying that Carlos Sainz started second? Oh, he qualified second. He did not start second. That's right. <laughs> Okay, We're so we're in the qualifying section of the podcast. Yes, this is not the official starting order. <laughs> this is uh, just qualifying. Um, we can give approximations. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but <laughs> so Charles Leclerc qualified first, followed by Carlos Sainz in P two and Max Verstappen in P three. Carlos Sainz took a ten place good penalty for changing an engine. 
which we will talk about later. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, fourth place was Russell. Fifth was Gasly. Sixth through ten was Albon. Logan Sargent, Valtteri Bottas, Kevin Magnussen, and Fernando Alonso. Uh, notable people outside the top ten include Lewis Hamilton, Sergio Perez, uh, Lando Norris, and Oscar Piastri. Um, starting away in the back, uh, where Lando and Oscar and McLaren did not qualify well at this track. No, this did not seem to really be their track at all. Yeah, they didn't quite have the pace that they usually do. They did seem to have more race pace. Oscar was definitely pushing through the field, but uh, in terms of one lap, uh, McLaren was uh, not having it this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lando Norris starting 10 places behind Alex Albon is yeah. kind of puts into, pers- into perspective also just how fast the Williams cars are on those straights. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... This is as close to a track made for that car as you get. Pretty much. I mean, that's with Logan Sargent starting P7. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Only at this track would that ever happen. Uh, not, not to s- slander Logan Sargent, but also kind of However, to slander Logan yeah. Sargent. Uh, don't hate the guy. Nice guy. I just don't think he has the chops for F1. But uh, personal opinions aside... Uh, good qualifying from him, regardless of the rocket ship that he was driving. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go into the race. On the first lap, Verstappen and Leclerc went off the track into turn one, with Verstappen coming out ahead. Alonso, Bottas, and Sainz spun in turn one, but all continued on. Uh, most of them had damage. Uh, Lando Norris crashed on lap three after a huge tank slapper, causing a safety car. He was okay, but uh, was transferred to the hospital uh, for observation, but I, I'm not sure what came of that. I just know he's fine, and he'll be on track in Abu Dhabi. So uh, It was a pretty big crash, though. Uh, Verstappen was given a five-second penalty for forcing Leclerc off the track. Piastri charged through the field from the back of the grid after the restart. On lap 16, Leclerc passed Verstappen into turn 14 with a massive dive bomb. On lap 17, Piastri and Hamilton made contact, giving both drivers punctures. Uh, Both were able to make it to the pits okay. Piastri actually had... (laughs) His his race was not hindered that much. Um, On lap 25, Verstappen and Russell came together, causing damage to both cars and bringing out the safety car for debris. This shook the field up completely, putting Leclerc in the lead. Uh, Russell got a 5-second penalty for contact with Verstappen. On lap 32, Perez took the lead from Leclerc, as uh, Perez had fresher tires and Leclerc was struggling with his old tires. On lap 35, Leclerc took the lead back from Perez. Uh, One lap later, Verstappen passed Perez for P2, and then the lap after that, Verstappen passed Leclerc uh, to take the lead. On lap 43, Leclerc made a mistake promoting Perez to P2. And on the final lap of the race, Leclerc absolutely sent it into turn 14, overtaking Perez at the last opportunity for P2. Yet another Perez P2 snatched right before the line. On the last lap, yep. Absolutely brutal, but uh, very exciting <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Um, all right, so results of the race. Uh, the winner was Max Verstappen by a country mile. It would have been even more if he hadn't slowed down, or slowed down to uh, 
tow Perez along uh, unsuccessfully, unfortunately. He slowed down by a full second, but he was still like 1.7 seconds ahead of him. Yeah. At second place was Leclerc, third was Perez. At fourth and fifth were Akon and Stroll, both with great races. Helped by that safety car in the middle of the race, for sure. Uh, 6-10 were Sainz, Hamilton, Russell, Alonso, and Piastri. And then 11-15 through 15 were Gasly, Albon, Magnussen, Ricardo, and Joe. And 16-17 through 17 running off the finishers were Sargent and Bottas. And then we had three retirements, and they were Yuki Sonoda, Nico Hulkenberg, and Lando Norris. Hulkenberg and Sonoda had mechanical problems, and Lando obviously crashed into the wall. Alrighty. So a few things to talk about, uh, which... I'm sure we were all expecting after the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Um, first off, in, uh, in FP1, uh, this was a whole debacle. Uh, a drain what cover. FP1? Huh? What FP1? Yeah, exactly. Um, so about, I think it was like eight minutes or less into the session, uh, Carlos Sainz drove over a drain cover it became loose and shot up into the bottom of his car and damaged, I believe, the battery uh, heavily, <laughs> causing a million, like $1.5 million worth of damage to that Ferrari. Um, very unfortunate stuff for Carlos. It was not his fault. He was, however, given a 10-place grid penalty for changing that part because he had used all of his allotted parts for the season. Uh, definitely not his fault. Very controversial penalty. Uh, I am on the side that it is absolutely tragic for science, but you I don't can't even think it was controversial though. I think everybody kind of agrees that it was wrong. I mean, it was. Here's the thing. I think it was un unfair. Yes, but at the same time. It would have caused a massive kerfuffle if he did not get a penalty. Uh, teams would have filed protests and all of this stuff because the rules were not followed to the T. Um, you could argue that Sainz would have gotten an advantage for having brand new engine parts with just two races left in the season, uh, whereas everyone else is trying to keep their last engine up and running, uh, so maybe not be running them as hard. Um, while I do agree that since it wasn't science's fault, it, it is absolutely horrible and gut-wrenching for him, I, I don't see how the FIA could not hand him that penalty. Okay, I would like I your thoughts on that. that. <laughs> I would like your thoughts on that. But there's got to be some room for, like, not interpretation, but I don't know. There's, yeah, there's got to be some room built in for stuff like this, right? Though, because, but I guess you do kind of gain an advantage for putting in a new power unit. Yeah, I think there's, huh. there's, it's, it's really tough because it's like you want that's super unfair to Ferrari, but at the same time, it's unfair for Ferrari to have a brand new engine component in their car. Uh, and then not get a penalty for it. Um, so it's like, it's really tough, but I think they, they could have maybe given him a smaller penalty, which I know isn't the rule, 
But if there was or wiggle maybe room, give like everybody else one extra power unit change. I don't know. Mm. That that seems like that could be a mess. But one more race, but everybody has fresh power units. Possibly. Um. Yeah, but that gets into like the whole. You know, what if a team has already taken? Like, I know Yuki Sonoda took a grid penalty in in Austin because he took mm. an extra uh, power, you know, power supply thing. Yeah. Part, and so now it's like AlphaTauri is suing the FIA because, <laughs> you know, it could all just go down this road. So I think what probably could have happened is if there was any lenience in the rules, maybe they give him a way less severe penalty than ten grid spots maybe they uh maybe just three grid places maybe they just give the team yeah i don't even know how they could like a heavy fine or something like yeah that, but then or... why, why are you finding the team for something that was the fa's fault so it, it's just <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a mess which is i think why the fia's hand was kind of forced in terms of uh handing him that penalty um which really sucks and i feel so bad for carlos <laughs> but that's yeah. the that's the way the cookie grumbled um so yeah unfortunate stuff uh even more unfortunate fp2 was delayed the start of it uh due to the track inspection out uh, at not <laughs> i didn't even mention that the rest of fp1 was completely canceled um FP2 was delayed by, I believe, over an hour and a half, if not, like, two hours. And because of some weird rule or law in Las Vegas, uh, they were not able to staff the circuit after um, a certain amount of time properly, I guess. Um, so they forced all of the fans with tickets F2, free practice 2, to leave the stands and there are now class action lawsuits being filed against either Liberty Media or Formula One or both um, trying to get their money back, which I guess is fair enough. A practice ticket for this Grand Prix, I think it was like 200 bucks. Yeah, and that's insane. I think they got, I think what they did was they gave all the fans with practice tickets like a $200 voucher to the F1 store. Wow, so cool. They can that's get like, a $50 t-shirt. Yeah, they right. Get four fifty dollar t shirts. Get get four t shirts rather than seeing like the actual event. Yeah. Um. So there is stuff in the works and and uh, on that front. Um. Very unfortunate for those fans. because uh, I know a lot of fans were only able to afford tickets to practice sessions because the race tickets were insanely expensive. Yeah. Even with the price drops that happened like the week before the race. Yeah. Because attendance was so low yeah i mean it was still pretty out of reach for most people yeah i mean it, you yeah can consider that general admission tickets to the uh texas gp or austin gp were selling for what like 300 350 bucks at costco mm -hmm. like yeah that's it's no question why attendance for this didn't really meet expectations. And I'm sure they still made yeah. loads of money off this event and will continue for quite a long time. Oh, they did. I think I saw something that said that they made like some insane figure of money from this event. 
Yeah. Everyone was talking about it. It was huge all across the country, even outside of race fans' circles. I, I had yeah. people at work coming up who were not F1 fans. They were coming up. They know I am. And so they came mm-hmm. up and asked me about it, and we're talking about it. My girlfriend's parents were talking to me about it, and they don't follow Formula One in the slightest. Uh, it's It was a huge event uh, on almost Monaco, on, the, on the, almost the Monaco scale, uh, especially in the United States. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it generated yeah. quite a bit of ad revenue, I am sure. Except for Monaco, we don't have to deal with Keith Urban and Will I Am in the opening ceremony. Yeah, that was that was something. <laughs> yeah, the celebrities. Will not the best of the nineties to two thousands. Yeah, it was a celebrity like, circus down there. Yeah, uh, there were they were everywhere, and it was hard to get a shot without a celebrity in it. Uh, Justin Bieber waved the checkered flag for the race. Um, and, uh, I mean, there, there were so many celebrities there. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was pretty nice. And I, I think I was correct in my prediction that there would be more at Vegas than there were in Miami. And that was a high bar. Yep. You're right. Yep. Um, so. yeah, but even that, that opening ceremony really set the mood. Like when I saw that, I was like, oh man, this is definitely not just a race this is something else entirely because they got what like a half dozen dozen of the most popular washed up artists that they could find in vegas i'm sure yeah it was uh it was definitely an event (laughs) uh yeah and a a show um max verstappen was very critical of the race the entire time he was there um and I mean that is definitely he has the right to be critical. Uh, it yeah, was... I think most like existing F one fans who've been fans of the sport for the past year at least, all were kind of they're pretty uh, bearish on it. Yes, uh, but um, the th- I'll continue. Yeah, the thing I think is is that. While all existing F1 fans saw this as kind of glitz and glamour and too much kind of overboard, and I think that it's fair to say that this is going to be the way this race is every year. Um, with that all being said, I think the quality of this race absolutely made up for everything else. Uh, I don't think that is true. anybody. I don't think anybody was expecting the just the level of racing and just how good the race was at this track. Because just looking at the track, the track map, it looks super boring. It looks like DRS Train City, uh, but <laughs> that was absolutely not the case. And I don't know if it's because it was just resurfaced and so it was super slippery which it was could have had something to do with the cold temperatures making it even more slippery the oil Uh, could have had had something to do with lewis hamilton's show car leaking oil on the start line um (laughs) which is now being investigated by everybody and their dog uh no i just i really wish the quality of this race could be done 
without all the stuff around it. Because, I don't know, it makes me feel, like, almost reductive in terms of, like, American culture. Mm-hmm. Like, the American racing culture I want to showcase is, like, the IndyCar, NASCAR, like, grassroots. You know, you're at mid-Ohio sitting in a lawn chair watching the cars go past. I feel like... And I know it's not really the F1 vibe, but... Yeah, I feel like we get that at Austin for sure. I feel like the United yeah, States true. Grand Prix is definitely great for that. And you don't get nearly the as many celebrities at Austin. I mean, we see we've seen Shaq there a few times, but uh <laughs> in terms of the celebrity races, it's just been Miami and uh Las Vegas. Even Monaco isn't nearly as bad as those yeah. two. Um but uh yeah, no, I'm I'm in agreement with you there that it's not really what most Americans want to be seen as. Because, um, I mean, two out of the three races that <laughs> that people who don't live in the United States see are, are races like Miami and Las Vegas. <laughs> in yeah, terms of the those United are the highest ones. profile ones that get, you know, the most coverage. So it's, but, it's not a great look for the U.S., or at least a lot of people no. don't think so. I mean, it makes U.S. still look like, you know, we're in the glory days of Hollywood, which I really don't think is true anymore. We're in a post-glory days economy. Yeah, and it feels like we're kind of trying to reach back to that. Um, but but yeah, in terms of the racing, it, it was really good. And looking back, I probably shouldn't have doubted it because America has NASCAR. This is pretty much just a squared off NASCAR track, and we're great at that. Those races are awesome to watch. This is true. Yeah, it's... I mean, I almost thought of it as like an American Monza because you got the massive straights, uh. but you also have hairpins and chicanes. Uh, and I feel like I feel like this track is very similar to Monza. If you look at the rear wings of the cars, uh, they were definitely on super low downforce spec. Um, yeah. And the over there was so much overtaking. I thought for sure it would be just like a huge DRS train, but that wasn't the case. I think that's because the straight is so long and the rear wings were so flat that I don't think DRS had as much to do with the race as uh, just the general slipstream did. Um, Yeah, I think this is a great race to showcase what these cars could be like if they were made without DRS in mind. Yeah. Uh, Like if they wanted to go away from DRS but still have passing, like, this is a pretty good race to showcase what that could look like. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the rundown to, from turn 12 to, to turn 14 is, that's the rundown the strip, and it's the right. second longest straight on the calendar behind only the straight in Baku. Um, and it just feels like it takes forever on that straight, but that's where a lot of the overtaking was done, was into turn 14. Yeah, you can break latest. Yeah, which the answer was always Charles Leclerc in this in this race. <laughs> he was bombing that. Yeah, he it was it happened like three, four, five times. He just sent it into that corner. Um, so yeah, it was it was actually a very very good race. I would argue, uh, definitely top three of the season. Uh, there's definitely an argument that it was the best race of the season. Um, I think Brazil's a really high bar to beat for me. Yeah. It might just be because it's also so recent in memory, but 
I thought Brazil was one of my favorite races of the year. Brazil was very good. Um, Zandvoort was also very good. That was kind of a crazy race with weather. Uh, Singapore, I thought at the time was the best race of the season, but kind of looking back, um, it was really just the last couple laps that things got really exciting. So I I wouldn't say the whole race was the best race of the season in uh, Singapore. The rogue one of races. Right. The last part (laughs) tricks you into thinking it was more exciting than it was. A fair, fair assessment there, Ben. (laughs) I said what I said. Uh, I'll fight any Star Wars fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I would say Vegas is definitely in my top three for this year. Um, but yeah, Brazil was also really good. Uh, and then Zandvoort. I don't really remember Zandvoort. This has been much, such but... a long season. I can barely remember anything from before summer break. Oh, I know. I was just thinking the same thing earlier. I was watching this video and they were talking about the Spanish Grand Prix when Verstappen won and and it was a double podium for Mercedes. Like it was Lewis and George on the podium. And I was thinking, I'm like, I literally I do that. not remember the Spanish Grand Prix this year at all. <laughs> like yeah. zero memory of it. Uh, so <laughs> there's a few races I do remember. I remember Canada. I remember Australia for sure. Um, yeah, I remember Australia. I don't remember Miami at all. Yeah, I remember that it happened, but I don't remember much after that. <laughs> uh, but I like do not even remember watching the Spanish Grand Prix, but I know I must have. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's. I think that's just the product of it being such a long season. I mean, what we're almost into December. By the time this F1 race, this the season is over, it will be Sunday the 26th of November. I know we're going into December next year. Um, but yeah, so we've got December, January, February. Testing is halfway through February, and then early March is when the next season starts. So it's like the off-seasons are getting shorter, the regular seasons are getting longer, <laughs> uh, which... As a fan, I mean, I'm not really complaining. I love F1 and I love watching the races, but at the same time, also as a fan, it almost feels too long because I feel like the excitement of the championship really only lasts for the first half of the season the last few years, except for 2021. Um, but with the era, like the Mercedes era of dominance and now the Red Bull era of dominance, it's like once you get more than halfway through the season, it's like, all the points, all the spreads have been <laughs> made, <laughs> and uh, I mean, to be fair, we do have a pretty exciting battle for P2 right now, um, but it becomes less about the championship winner and more about the midfield, which is fine, um, but the, there's just, a, I think, a general, in general, I feel like there's more excitement uh, in terms of the unknown in the first, uh, let's say, five races of the season. Um, yeah, just cause the championship's still wide open. Uh, but once you get 15 races into the championship, Max Verstappen is 400 points above his next rival. Uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> which is just silly to be able to say. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, the season's pretty long. I don't really want it to get any longer than this. I think this is as long as it should get. And we even had a couple races canceled from this year. So 
Yeah, we didn't do Imola. I forgot about that. Yeah, Imola was canceled. Shanghai was canceled again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we're really going to get Shanghai back. I, I think it's on the schedule next year. Is it but really? it might get canceled again. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, there's... Well, let's not. Uh, we're not going to talk about we're that. We're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's anyway, a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a much, much different podcast. I left my tinfoil hat in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, so for the time being, Shanghai is on the calendar. Um, and honestly, that track is awesome. So if we do end up going to Shanghai, I would be excited to see that track again because we haven't seen that track since 2019. It's been four years. Uh, once once COVID hit, that kind of threw a wrench in everything, and um, that race has been off. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but anyway, that uh, kind of (laughs) oh, uh, a couple more things to talk about. Uh, Sergio Perez secured P two in the championship after this race, and Lewis Hamilton secured a P three. So those are your top three finishers: Verstappen, Perez, and Hamilton. Sainz and Alonso are tied at 4th and 5th with 200 points. Sainz breaks the tiebreaker because uh, he won a race this season. The only person not from Red Bull to win a race. And speaking of which, uh, with this race win, Red Bull broke the record for the most wins by a constructor in a single season, beating Mercedes in 2016 with 19 wins. Wow. I mean, they got a lot of opportunities to do that, but that's still very impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, the fact that they've only not won one race this year is, uh, remarkable. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad Sain- or, uh, Perez is able to get P2. I wasn't, it was kind of hairy there for a little bit, but. It was, and then Hamilton had, uh, really bad, it was Brazil that kind of did Mercedes in. Both Mercedes at Brazil were awful. Yep. Um, so that kind of gave Perez a lot of breathing room. I think Hamilton had to outscore Perez by like six points this race to not uh, have the title or the the P2 (laughs) go to Perez. Um, But uh, yeah, that was, that definitely did not happen. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And even still, it would have, it would have been basically like in Abu Dhabi, Perez would have to DNF and Lewis would have to win uh, for that to switch. But anyway, uh, I am also glad that Perez secured P2. He's had a tumultuous season, to say the least. Um, but uh, it's good to see him at least pick up that P2. Uh, and we'll see what happens with him. I know we've talked about this a lot, so we won't beat that dead horse. Um, Red Bull, we talked about, broke the record. So I think that uh rounds off the race let's go through well i mean the standings haven't really changed much uh so <laughs> you kind of went over the top we'll talk about that five anyways yeah we'll definitely talk about the standings at the end of the next podcast because next race is the last one um but we will talk about the pit stop championship uh mclaren and oscar piastri took the first place in this week's pit stop championship at the time of 1.99 seconds we are consistently getting sub two second pit stops now uh we're so back right back to where we were pre safety regulations yeah the fi is gonna have to come up with some uh new regulations or else teams are gonna keep on getting under two 
I I absolutely hate the fact that you're probably right. <laughs> um, it's it's such a shame. I understand manufactured difficulty. Yeah, it's it's come on. Let them be fast. The faster the pit stops, the more impressive it is. Like, could you imagine the times we would have seen this year? Uh. If those old regulations were still the way it was, like we had a 1.8 second pit stop by McLaren this year, and that probably would have been in the 1.6s or less if it if the I, new regulations. I bet were we in. would have seen a one and a half second pit stop from Red Bull this year for sure. It's which could you imagine how much more dominant they could be if they were saving an extra half second on every pit stop they made this year? Yeah, but then every other team would also be saving a half second, so. I guess, yeah. That's a good point. Um but yeah, it's I <laughs> I understand why they did it. Uh and honestly, well, thinking about it, I don't think they actually do have to do anything again because the regulation requires the gunman to basically assure that the wheel is on correctly. Uh mm-hmm. and check it and then push the button to confirm, but <laughs> Thinking about it now, it's like, I don't know if they're actually checking the wheel. <laughs> uh, they're just sending it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, yeah, looks good. And <laughs> push the button as soon as they get the wheel supposedly on. Um, but maybe there's something, some system in the gun that won't let the button actually go green unless the wheel is actually, like, it has, like, some torque measuring device uh, or something that ensures that the the wheel is properly attached. Um but anyway, uh, I don't see, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, yeah, another sub two second pit stop from Piastri, uh, second through fifth were Sunoda, Sainz, Perez, and Russell, six through 10 running off the points. Finishers were Sargent, Albon, Bottas, Verstappen, and Magnussen. Uh, point uh, for standings, nothing has changed in the driver's standings. It is still Perez on top, followed by Leclerc and Norris with Verstappen in fourth. Uh, and then the only thing that has changed in the Constructors' Championship is Williams has jumped above Alfa Romeo into P8. Incredible. Incredible scenes. Um, other than that, all the teams are fairly well spaced apart. And I don't see the order changing much uh, from here on out. There are a few ties in the Drivers' Championship, so that could still change. Um, but even then, a lot of the drivers are spaced out pretty nicely. So Pissed Off Championship, I don't think, is nearly as spicy as it was last year. Um, but that's okay. Let's move yeah. on to the over... We're settling in. We're getting used to it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll be different next year. Maybe Perez will not be the king of the pit stop. Oh. Um, who knows? Uh, overtake of the week. Uh, there was only one option, and it was the Leclerc overtake on Perez on the last lap of the race. Agree. The absolute dive bomb. Uh, if you want to look up the definition of send it in the dictionary, uh, there's a picture. Uh, there's even a, a GIF of this move. A GIF? Yep. They they put a gif in the dictionary just Incredible. for this move. Uh, so yeah. no matter what, somebody <laughs> making an overtake on Perez during the last lap of an F one race will always get overtake of the week. Yeah, <laughs> we're two for two so far. Brutal. Yeah, I mean, yes, 
<laughs> I, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this move was better than the Alonzo move, though, if I'm being completely fair. Yeah. Uh, the this, Alonzo one, you could kind of see that coming. This one was an absolute dive bomb. This one will challenge for overtake of the season, I believe. Um, so we'll see. I have to go through all the overtake of the weeks again. There were some good ones. Uh, but okay. Going into our predictions for the uh, this last week and the upcoming week. Um, let's start with the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Remind everybody of the top five. It was Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez, Ocon, and Stroll. The fourth and fifth, I'm sure we did not get anywhere near. No, uh, we did not. <laughs> All right, Ben, give me your top five predictions. Right, so I did have Verstappen in first. Science was my second, which... Brutal. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt so confident about that during qualifying and until I realized that he still had a 10-place penalty. Uh, I had Perez in third, so I got that one. And then I had Piastri and Norris in fourth and fifth, and that really did not pan out at all. Uh, and then uh, Albon was my dark horse. Yeah. Uh, if we want to talk about Piastri and Norris not panning out, uh, I had Verstappen winning with Perez in second, uh, and then I had Norris and Piastri third and fourth. And then I had Sainz in fifth. Uh, we both had the wrong Ferrari. Yes, and it was yeah. <laughs> it was not a good week for us prediction wise. Uh, my dark horse was Pierre Gasly, and I was very excited after qualifying because he qualified fourth, and then uh, <laughs> he sank like a brick. So, um, yeah, I thought I was he gonna had some nail moments it. of brilliance during that race. He did. He did. He. It was weird because I feel like he had a good race, but he just also just kept falling backwards. Yeah, I, I don't remember when he started falling backward, but I seem to remember him having a pretty good race for most of it. Yeah. Which is weird, but... Oh well. Same with Albon. Albon qualified extremely well with your dark horse prediction there. Uh, yeah. Qualified super well, and uh, actually drove pretty well for most of the race, but then as the laps wound down, he... Uh, I think something with the safety car, I don't think he came in when everybody else did, so he had super old tires at the end of the race. And uh, was not able to defend his position. That's probably what happened to Gasly too. Yep. Um. So yeah. All right. Fastest lap went to Oscar Piastri. What did you say, Ben? Well, I had the same thing as you, and we had Verstappen. We did both have Verstappen. Yes. It felt like such a shoe in. I don't know how. Like Piastri was so far down, but he still went for fastest well, lap and. Yeah, so the reason was is because he started on the hard tires, his second stint was on the hard tires, and I think he was waiting for a safety car, hopefully, at the end of the race, so he'd get a cheap pit stop, because he was running up in, like, fourth or fifth. Yeah. Um, but that never came, so with, I think, seven or eight laps left, he pitted for soft tires, and uh, ran the rest of the race on soft. He barely got that tenth that he needed for the extra point. Yeah. I think he made a last lap pass too to get himself under the points. Um, so he did finish 10th, but he did it on soft tires and obviously uh, just a couple of, a couple lap old softs are going to be way better than 25 lap old hards uh, on zero fuel. So <laughs> uh, he was bound to take that fastest lap. That makes sense. Um, but I, it was going between Verstappen and Leclerc for the majority of the race before that. 
Um, and the driver of the day was deservedly Charles Leclerc. And I had signs. I had, the, again, the wrong Ferrari driver. <laughs> and I had Perez. Uh, so I think we were kind of dancing around it there. Uh, Perez, yeah. I think, was in the running for it, but didn't get it. I think Leclerc definitely deserved close. it. Yeah. Yeah, Leclerc definitely. Yeah, he didn't convert the pole this year, but he got so <laughs> close. Yeah. Uh, what, what were they saying during the race? That he's he's now had 12 poles without a win. Without a win, yeah. In a row. Or like, yeah, he's the last 12 of his pole for positions. He's not, yeah. he's not converted. Uh, And I presume that probably all or all but one or two of those races have been Max Verstappen wins. Uh, so, <laughs> absolutely yeah, especially brutal. Especially last year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of becoming a meme I'm seeing flying around Reddit and other sources. Like, it's oh, Leclerc's on Michael pole, Chris. Verstappen's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hopefully he wins the race. It's been a couple years, I think, since he's won a race. Or maybe he won in Austria last year. I don't remember. Uh, I think he got a couple wins, just not from pole position in yeah. 2022. Maybe. I don't remember. Because he was leading the championship for a while, so like... He was. You're right. He must have won. Oh, yeah, he won in Bahrain, I believe, and then he won in Austria, I think. I know Carlos won in Britain. Yeah. Uh, so long ago yeah crazy um my recall on (laughs) the probably 75 plus formula one races i've watched now uh is fading it's probably more than that it's probably over 100 at this point yeah uh so (laughs) anyway indycar plus some moto gp yeah i i have I have, I think I have deleted all of my MotoGP files and made space for other things. Uh, it's fun to watch, but not my cup of tea, which is why we dropped it from this show. Yep. Um, all right. So, Formula One, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Give me your top five predictions, Ben. Alrighty. These were super rapid fire. Just kind of stream of consciousness wrote them out while we were talking about the race results like 10 minutes ago, but uh, I've got Verstappen in first, and I've got Norris in second, followed by Perez, Sainz, and then Hamilton in fifth. And given how he did this race, I put Stroll in my uh, dark horse position. Gotcha. Alrighty, I have Verstappen winning, obviously, followed by Hamilton in second, Norris in third, Russell in fourth, and Leclerc in fifth. My dark horse, I went with the other Aston Martin of Fernando Alonso. Huh. Remember when he was getting like P2s? <laughs> I do. Now he's a dark horse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brutal stuff. I don't know what happened to Aston this year, but hopefully they bounce back. They forgot to upgrade their car after spring break <laughs> or summer break. Honestly. Uh, all right. <laughs> Fastest lap. What do you think is going to happen, Ben? I've got Verstappen. I've got Hamilton. Can't give you a reason. Uh, driver <laughs> of the day. Who do you have? I have Perez. And I have Norris. Also, Norris can't is give honestly you a probably the most solid choice you can make. Like, no matter where he comes in, it feels like Norris has gotten driver of the day for many of the past races since that McLaren upgrade. I think he's yeah, he's won 
I think, well, he's definitely won the most out of any driver this year. Uh, he's got to be like three or four, right? I think he's at four or five. Well, th- yeah, three or four, I think. Probably four, if I were to guess. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. That runs off our predictions, which means we only have one segment left in the episode, and that would be Ben's Words of Wisdom. What do you got for us this week, Ben? So true. So the holidays are coming up, and I was reminded of this by a buddy, but uh, for the holidays, the best gift you can give someone is the gift of you not going into debt. So, you know, people always want to make extravagant gifts or decorate their house super fancy, and Christmas lights are deceptively expensive, I found out last year. Um, You don't realize how much money you spend until you walk out of the store with $200 worth of LED lights. But, yeah, if you're you're struggling, don't overstretch yourself because going into it over the holidays just makes it kind of suck. So it's about the, the connotation and, you know, family and all that stuff. But going into that kind of sucks, so don't do that. Good financial advice, Ben. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it is definitely always good to not go into debt. Uh, all right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of Rev Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or a rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing, uh, the little, what little upcoming racing we have from all sorts of different series left, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on X, formerly known as Twitter, using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. You can follow the RevHang page at RevHangMedia. We'll be back in a week to talk about the Formula One Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>